1: I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Sound Reasoning is brought to you by Ace Apologetics, and Ace stands for Answering Your Christian Concerns Effectively. And I wanted to take this opportunity to thank our sponsors, uh, those Christians who believe in the promotion of sound doctrine and standing on the inerrant word of the gospel, whereby we may be able to promote the good news of Jesus Christ, that he lives And that he wants to reign in the believer's heart. So we as Christians, we do have a job in front of us. We have a task to promote the doctrine of Jesus Christ, which is called the gospel. Uh, There are those around us, those in our homes, those abroad that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. That God so loved the world that he gave his only monoginous son, which is his only unique son, that whosoever uh, will that accepts him shall not perish, but should have everlasting life. John 3, 16, one of my favorite passages. So this is our third uh, episode dealing with Christian ethics, Christian ethics. And we've been talking about the contrast between Christian ethics versus that of worldly ethics or teleological ethics in contrast to deontological duty center ethics that the Christian has uh, as dictated by the scriptures and rooted in the gospel itself. And what we talked about is that uh, the way that we as christians operate is uh, in most cases vastly different than the way that those in the world operate for those that are non-christians lean unto their own understanding and the christian uh, really doesn't have that luxury we are uh, mandated to look at the scriptures in terms of our decision making In terms of uh, the way we think. In terms of the way we treat other people. In terms of the way we love. In terms of the way we forgive. In terms of the way we invest our money. In terms of the way we build relationships. In terms of the way that we uh, do good works. In terms of the way that we uh, have faith. Uh, The Bible is our plumb line. So as Christians, we don't have this freedom to do what we think is right necessarily without filtering through the lens of the scriptures itself. So in the past episodes, we talked about uh, the non-Christian view of ethics, where in the world uh, there's something called might is right, M-I-G-H-T, might is right, and basically Uh, That's promoting uh, this this sense that uh, what is right or wrong is determined by the stronger party. And our argument against that is, again, uh, if you look at history, we've had incidents where the stronger party um, got their vote across and they were very influential. But what they did was not necessarily right in a lot of cases and we used the examples of slavery in the americas uh we used the examples of um cert, uh, other countries that uh had groups political groups or social groups that misused their power even though they were the majority uh we talked about the uh, example of the Jew- jews uh and and, and the nazis uh, in, in terms of the uh, Nazis having the power and the ability to uh, do what they did with their prisoners. And just because they had the might didn't necessarily mean what they did was right. So that's the whole point of that argument. It's just because a, a, a human social group or a human political group decide that we have the votes, Uh, So we're going to pass legislation or we're going to advocate certain principles doesn't mean necessarily that what they're promoting is consistent with what our creator would like for us to do. So it doesn't make it necessarily right. And by the way, what makes something right or wrong is never dependent on on human beings. There must be a transcendent lawgiver. So, without a transcendent lawgiver, why do we have laws? Who is giving those laws? Who's prescribing those laws? And my argument is that even before uh, any one of us got here, God had already uh, given us these laws with the creation of the universe. So, truth came out of the nature of God, and now the the the. Ethics that I'm talking about the transcended universal global ethics transcends culture transcends time transcends uh, status transcends everything we could think about because when God created the universe he deposited truth with it and there are moral codes that came with the creation of the universe and two Of those codes, as I specified, uh, uh, morality falls or or revelations rather in terms of what we're supposed to do and not do uh, comes from two aspects. There's the general revelation and then there's special revelation and general revelation is afforded to all men. Uh, There's no uh, difference between uh, Christians and non-Christians as it pertains to math. God reveals the uh, laws that govern math, the laws that applies to math uh, for Christians as well as non-Christians. They're privy to that. That that part, that's part of a general revelation. You don't need to be a Christian to do math. Um, The sciences. Uh, God has uh, given us the ability to learn certain things about science and you don't have to be a Christian to practice science. So this is general revelation, but then there's special revelations, special revelations is afforded only to Christians because we having the Holy Spirit uh, have insights concerning things about life that non-Christians just don't have or, or cannot have. So through the power of the Holy Spirit, God speaks to Christians in a special way and gives certain insights about life that those that are not that are not Christians uh, cannot have. So we as Christians we have not just general revelation, the ability to uh, uh, learn what's right and wrong through uh, our experiences, uh, through. Uh, our upbringing through studying different things, but we have special revelations and special revelation is, uh, knowledge that we have as dictated by the Holy spirit, uh, giving us insight into these, uh, truth that we couldn't have outside of his guidance. So again, the world looks at Midas, right? Where the Christians are, Uh, We look at what the scripture is saying, not necessarily the majority uh, vote or what's what's uh, popular. Uh, The Christians have to have an allegiance to uh, the scriptures alone. So today I wanted to really look at the uh, the nature of the two views of the worldly views versus the uh, Christian view. So the worldly view. The worldly view again says that result determines the rule. The result determines the rule. So uh if I want to get a promotion, uh if I believe in this rule, this is the worldly view, the result determining the rule. If I want to get a promotion, then I can fudge on my timesheet uh because the result is. Uh, I want to get this promotion. And even though I haven't fulfilled my part of the bargain by uh, being on time and uh, doing the work I'm supposed to do, I'm going to alter my timesheets uh, in order for me to get this promotion. Or if I need to uh, fabricate a story uh, about someone in order for me to gain an edge, I'm going to do it because my, the result is I need to get this promotion and nothing else matters. But for the Christian, this is not acceptable. For the Christian, the rule determines the result. Um, The rule is uh, we should not bear false witness against uh, anyone. So uh, even though I may uh, have a thought that I need to do something unethical, our allegiance ultimately uh, falls within the scope of the scriptures and the Holy and leaning on the Holy Spirit. So just because you get a thought that pops in your mind as a Christian doesn't mean that you automatically succumb to those thoughts. And we fight ourselves a lot of times that uh, in order to be obedient and fulfill our covenant with our master. When we accept the Christ as our Lord and Savior, that means that we acquiesced our rights uh, uh, to him and allow him to lead us as he sees fit. Uh, for the scriptures tells us that we we are bought with a price, we have been purchased. So, uh, Christ, when He saved us, uh, uh, He He became Lord. He became Savior. He 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 wants to uh, lead us uh, into righteousness. So, if if we're struggling, we need to talk to the Master. We need to uh, pray. We need to uh, consult God. And in doing so, that's how we get the power and the strength to do what's right. We can't do we can't fight this battle on our own or in in our own abilities. We have to talk to God who supplies the power. And if we have the desire to be delivered, scripture tells us that he provide a way out of temptation for us. So we have to uh, have enough faith to trust God that if we stand by his rules, everything will be OK. One of the things I talked about was this rule of man not receiving worship. And this is, again, we talking about Christian ethics. The apostles uh, in, new, uh, in the first century church had the opportunity to be unethical, but they chose to stick with God's law. They remember uh, that in the scriptures it says you should have no other God before me. Uh, you should not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on, on earth b- beneath or in the waters below. You should not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. So let's fast forward to Acts ten twenty-five and 26. As Peter entered the house of Cornelius, uh, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, saying, stand up, he said. I am only a man myself, Acts 10, 25 and 26. Peter remembered what the scripture said. And even though he could have been like many modern day uh, religious leaders uh, who are idolized by many of their followers, instead of them uh, saying what Peter is saying, do not worship me. You worship God. Do not revere me. You revere God. You respect me. In terms of my position, but don't worship me instead of them saying that they take worship. Uh, uh, they, they they allow people to idolize them. And that's not right. So as Christians. We have to always remember what the scriptures are saying, and we have a, a responsibility. Uh, towards God to do our part. Then in Lystra, there said a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out. And he said, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas, whom they call Zeus, and Paul, they called him Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas. But when the apostles Uh, Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We, too, are only human like you. We are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from those worthless things to the living God. So, again, the apostles knew the scriptures that God is a jealous God and he does not want to share his glory with no one else, including uh, the uh, his creation. So we cannot take what belongs to God for us. We're talking about Christian ethics. Then the second aspect of Christian ethics, in terms of the contrast, in the world, the, re- the, the result is the basis of the act. The result is the basis of the act. I talked about uh, there was a Nevada high school student who claimed to have received scholarship offers for uh, football from various schools. But those scholarship actually never existed. At a school assembly, this uh, athlete announced that he had received offers from specific university. However, this was not the case. He was quoted as saying, I wanted to play division one ball more than anything else. When I realized that wasn't going to happen, I made up what I wanted to be reality. And then he apologized. So he was using the worldly ethic, which is the result is the basis of the act. But for the Christian The rule is the basis of the act. We act according to the rules, not the other way around. So, for example, uh, Joseph had an opportunity to sleep with Potiphar's wife. Joseph had an opportunity to succumb to his natural desires. But Joseph in Genesis 39 says, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? So, again, um, not just what we want to do, but what is it that God wants us to do? We all have temptations. We all have desires. But it's not an excuse for us to do what we want to do. And I realize that the climate in contemporary times is to do what you want to do and label it as a mistake and keep moving on. Well, if you do something through premeditation, it's not a mistake. It it means that you uh, intentionally violated uh, perhaps the laws of God. But Joseph wasn't going to give in to his desires and wasn't going to make up any excuses. He said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Uh, Because adultery is a sin. Then um, when we read And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him, Colossians 317. So whatever we do, we need to make sure that it brings glory to God. Why? Because the rule is the basis of the act. Then a Proverbs 19 and one says better. The poor whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse. So I'd rather be poor. In terms of I'd rather be in good standings regardless of what my bank account looks like. If I'm following God, if I'm doing what he asks me to do, that in itself is rich. That means that I'm already prosperous. Just because someone has money in the bank doesn't mean that they're able to sleep at night. Is it okay to have money in the bank? Of course, God is not against having uh, financial prosperity if he's given it to you. But if you are giving it to yourself you may be out of sync with the will of God cuz a lot of people are hoarding a lot of material wealth but they are out of sync out of step with the God they say they believe in so don't be distracted by what the world is doing stop trying to keep up with everyone else what matters most are the things written on the heart and what matters most are our 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 actions in terms of how we are walking through our Christian ethics in order to please our God. That's what matters. So if you are living righteously, if you are living in accordance to God's uh directive, if you're living according to the scriptures, then you're already rich. You're already blessed because God smiles on that. God is behind you. So please don't be distracted or get caught up in what other people are doing. If other people are doing wrong, You be the light. You be the one. You be the difference. For we can't uh, start acting contrary to uh, the laws that God has given us. Then Colossians three and nine says, do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. So Christians should not engage in behavior that is Uh, associated with the world in terms of those things that are contrary to the will of God. God does not want us to be liars and that shouldn't be found in churches. Even though they exist, it should not exist. Once again, Christian ethics does not deal with what's being done in in, in terms of what others are doing, but rather what ought to be done. So when we uh, have these discussions about Christian conduct, let's ask one another, what ought to be done, not what is being done. There's a lot of things being done, but they should not be uh, be done according to the scriptures. Then in the world, uh, the rule is good because of the result. The rule is good because of the result where the, in Christianity, the rule is good regardless of the result. So, for example, in the worldly ethic, if the rule is good because of the result, then you have situations like the uh, Bernie of scandal. Now uh they talk about how he developed this Ponzi scheme and the the rule to him is it's okay to misrepresent my clients it's it's okay to uh put them in financial jeopardy because I need to obtain the result. The result is I want to be well off. I want to be happy. I need money in order for me to sustain uh my habits. So it's okay for me to lie to these clients even though i'm putting their uh, financial welfare at risk so in christianity is the rule that takes uh, precedent the rule is good regardless of the result so when the apostle stood up uh when, when the government was trying to shut them up from preaching the gospel it was the rule that god had given them that that superseded everything So in that case, the rule is good regardless of the result. The result is they were going to be in prison. They were going to be persecuted. But when God's laws conflict with man's laws, we have to go with God's laws, regardless of what the consequences are going to be. So you may be the only one standing up, but you need to stand up. Remember Noah? Remember Joseph? Remember uh, the people that God sent that the world didn't listen to? God always has a remnant, and he would like for you to stand up for godly principles. Stand up at home. Uh, Do the things that a husband is supposed to do. Do the things that a wife is supposed to do. Uh, Raise up your children in admonition of the Lord, and, 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 and do not cause them to stumble. They are things that God is requiring of us. Be a faithful, active member of your church. Uh, Can your church depend on you uh, as an active member? Are you living in accordance to the laws as prescribed by the scriptures? And if you're doing so, may God uh, continue to bless you as you walk daily in him. Again, Christian ethics is not based on what's being done necessarily, but what ought to be done. I pray that we received a message from today's uh, episode that your heart is encouraged and that you will start conforming your actions in light of the scriptures and not necessarily what we think. May God bless you and have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1 9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught, so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.